Hey guys, welcome back to the Road to Madness podcast. I'm Min Dong. I'm Magaglia. One, 104 days until the uh, college basketball season begins. Yeah, you know, one day until the NBA season restarts. So I'm pretty excited for the NBA. Um, hopefully college will follow along. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited about the NBA. Uh, they've been doing a great job with all the quarantine stuff. Uh, they've had no positive tests in the past couple of days, which is pretty good to hear. I mean, they have had some exits for uh, obviously medical or some type of different reasons that are obviously classified. But, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully college basketball can follow and do something similar to that. And uh, if they're able to do so and the NBA is able to do so, I think college basketball should be able to be uh, back and running pretty pretty soon. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, today's breaking news is loaded with high school um, commitments. But first off, um, Valpo head coach Matt Lodich has been extended four more years as head coach. Valpo just missed the berth for the tournament one game out. Um, will we remain a top-tier team in the Missouri Valley Conference? What are your thoughts on this extension? Yeah, I like this extension a lot. I mean, Valpo, the Valpo head coach, um, Coach Lordrich, he's done a great job here at Valpo already. And uh, they just missed the tournament by one game. I mean, obviously they didn't have it, but they, would, they could have made it, and they were just one game short. And uh, – yeah, I mean, just looking at the record, they, they they were all right. I mean, they weren't that high of a seed in the Missouri Valley Conference. I mean, there's a couple teams that are ahead of them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they did really good in the uh, conference tournament, and they made it really far. And then, like you said, they're just one game off. And uh, I think if they're able to maintain the, some of their guys that they bring back this year, and uh, I don't think they have anyone else coming in, so that might be a struggle for them. But uh, give them a couple more years, and I think they can bring in some good talent, and uh, hopefully this team can be a top of – the Missouri Valley Conference soon. Yeah, um, Valpo has been one of the more successful mid-majors. They've been, they've been one of the more relevant mid-majors as well. So he's definitely earned his extension here. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's still a couple teams ahead of them, and personally from what I'm thinking. But uh, I think this team's definitely a top-five team, and they're, they're going to be competing for a tournament spot because they definitely have the talent and the potential to do so. All right, uh, next piece of breaking news is pretty, pretty big news, if you ask me. And uh, five-star 2022 recruit Enoch Buyaki has committed to Michigan State. Uh, he joins Imani Bates in the class of 2022, 6'10 center from Canada. He's a top 20 player. Uh, obviously, Michigan State is the number one recruiting class in the class of 2022. Uh, Coach Tomizzo, he's had a fantastic July, if you ask me. I mean, he's just done a bunch of good things, right? And um, if both of these guys did reclass to the 2021, what do you think they'd be the front runner for the whole thing? 100%. I have nothing else to say. If they both reclass to the class of 2021, they're 100% my, my pick to win. Yeah, I mean, I got to agree with you here. I mean, they're going to have – they're still going to have, like, Rocket Watts. And they're gonna, if, if all those guys stay, they're going to have all those guys. And uh, – yeah, I mean, that's just kind of crazy to think about unless they go to the draft, which is definitely possible too. But uh, they're going to have a lot of good veteran leadership there. And uh, that team's just loaded with talent in two years, three years from now. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's going to be a scary team to watch. I mean, you got Imani Beats and Boyaki now, who are both – they're both like 6'10". I mean, I think Imani Bates is even taller. Is that right? Bates, uh, he's listed as, I think, 6'8 and a half. But yeah. It seems Still. like closer to like six ten, like you said. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, just two of those guys alone is like that's gonna be bigger than any other starting five, like anywhere. 
I mean, sure, some teams have a couple big, tall specimens, but no one's going to guard this team. And I think this team's definitely 1,000% going to be the front runner if they both reclassify to the class 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, next, 2021 five-star Peyton Watson has committed to UCLA. It's a 6'7 small forward from Long Beach. So staying, staying closer to home. Top 20 player in the country for the class of 2021. This is a good get for the Bruins. Yes, uh, I think this is a very good get. Uh, he's obviously staying close to home. It was either UCLA or USC, and uh, I believe UCLA was the top option and the best decision that he could have made. I mean, you got you got great coaching there. You got a, just a great culture there at UCLA. They're, they're back. I mean, they were down for a little bit, but I think they're back up, and this year is going to be a very good year for them. And obviously, Peyton Watson saw this, and he's, he wants to join that. And uh, you look at USC, Sure, they had a pretty good season, but how good they'll be in the future, I'm not, I'm not too sure. But uh, UCLA, they've been maintaining these guys for a couple of years now, and they just gotten developed into very good players. And this team's going to be very good in the near future. So yeah. I think that's why he chose UCLA. Mm-hmm. Coach Mark Cronin has uh, definitely brought this team back. They're relevant for good reasons now. Um, he's the third highest paid coach in the country, so. He should be getting five-star recruits if you're paying you're paying coach that much to get to make the program turn around. So yeah, this is a step in the right direction for them. Um, losing Daishi Knicks hurts, but you know you gotta you gotta bounce back, and they did. Yeah, and the loss of Knicks definitely hurts them. I mean, if he were to stay and play two seasons, that could be a very scary duo in 2021. But uh, obviously, you know what happens with him. He goes to the G League. Best of luck to him, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he was bound – Mark Cronin was bound to get another five-star at some point, and this is kind of the calling and that that he needed and even the team needed. So, it's just good for them. All right, uh, next up, 2021 four-star recruit, uh, Bensley Joseph has committed to Miami. Uh, Bensley's pretty local. I mean, he's been playing – he's a top 100 player. He's been playing around here in Boston for a while. Uh, currently now plays for Putnam Science Academy. Uh, but like like I said, he's originally from Massachusetts, uh, near the Boston area. He actually played at Arlington High School uh, for a couple seasons, maybe two. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty local to us, so it's just pretty good to root on someone locally from Massachusetts. Uh, and Miami's gotten a lot of decent prospects these past couple of years. I mean, they got Matt Cross and they got Earl Timberlake this upcoming season, and then they got Bensley Joseph now in two seasons from now. So I uh, think the uh, future is going to be good at Miami. Uh, in a couple of years, yeah, um, I think the, I think they're going to be a good team this year. They're going to be in the top half of the ACC next year. Um, I mean, this year, um, next year, I think they'll also be in the top half. Chris likes uh, finally a senior. Seems like he's been playing for what ten years now. He's finally going to graduate this year, and I think Joseph's going to get a chance to be a start, the starting point guard for the U for the U next year. Yeah, I mean, they, they kind of have similar play styles. I mean, they're both, they're both undersized for a guard. I mean, obviously, obviously, Chris Likes is very undersized, but he's, he's still a great player. And uh, sure, Bensley Joseph, he's 6'1". I mean, in, like, a current NBA today, 6'1 wouldn't be that considered that tall. But uh, I, I definitely see similar play styles in both of those guards, and uh, they're definitely going to do great things at Miami in the future. And, yeah, I mean, if all those guys stay and don't go to the draft, that team's going to be very scary in the future in the ACC, and I'm excited to watch that team. Yeah, and again, um, just a local, another local kid that uh, Jim Christian in BC uh, missed out on. Yeah, I mean, they got one, but 
they need more to be a good team. And Miami's just going to pass BC in the future because they just got a lot more talent coming in there. And BC, sure, they got some guys, but they just they just miss out on all the local prospects. So it's pretty disappointing if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, next, 2021 four-star Angelo Brizzy has committed to Villanova. Top 125 player in the class of 2021. 6'3 point guard from Virginia. Nova now has jumps up and it now has the best recruiting class for the class of 2021. Do you think they will still end up with the top recruiting class when it's all over? Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a good question. I mean, as of right now, I'm going to say yes, they will. But I really that, – that's really hard to predict as of right now because you've seen the trickle effect happen already. I mean, we've seen Trey Patterson go and then three other guys go right after him. And uh, now they have the top class. I mean, there's still a lot of good prospects that still have made their decisions. But uh, when it's all said and done, I believe Villanova will be a top five recruiting class in t- class 2021. Uh, will they be one? I don't know. I, I'm thinking they might, but I'm thinking they're going to slip and some team's going to catch up to them, uh, such as Baylor or Michigan State or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, regardless, I think they're going to have a very good class and this is just a very good get for them. Yeah, I think it's too early to tell. There's a, there's another what 10, 10, 10 months to twelve months for college for high school seniors to make their decision. So there's a long ways to go. Um, I think it all depends on uh, Michigan State though. If if these two five stars from the class of 2022 reclass, I think Michigan State will have the best recruiting class. Otherwise, I think I think Nova can maintain the best recruiting class. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that, that is something they needed. I mean, all their guys are going to be graduating next uh, next year, and then they're going to need new guys to step in, and they got them. I mean, that's just kind of what Villanova basketball is. I mean, they got they got guys who usually stay for all four years, usually. And uh, I mean, this is just a similar case, and hopefully, all four of these guys uh, stay all four years. And who knows, this team might be back to. The uh, finals and even the championship, if they can do everything right. All right, uh, next piece of breaking news is 2021 four-star recruit Rashul Diggins has committed to UConn. Uh, He's a top 55 player in the country, 6'1 point guard from Pennsylvania. Uh, Will the Huskies have enough firepower to compete in the Big East for the future? Yeah, um, I definitely think they're going to be the third best team in the Big East this year, and I expect them to be in the top half probably every year because their they're basketball school, they've basically essentially given up on football just to have them be successful in basketball. So it's expected that they will be in the top of the Big East every year. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean that's, that's true. I mean, they kind of have given up on football. Just going to the Big East, I mean, it's, it's pretty much a sign. I mean, but regardless, uh, Coach Hurley, I mean, you got a Hurley on your team. I mean, you got to do good things with them. I mean, he's – He's one of the most entertaining coaches to watch college basketball, I think. And uh, he's just done a lot of good things at UConn so far. And obviously the conference realignment is going to be tough, tough uh, getting used to. But I think he can definitely figure things out with this team and who he's got in the near future. And, uh, yeah, I like UConn in a couple of years from now in the Big East. Mm-hmm. Um, next, 2022 five-star Jalen Hood, Shafino, has decommitted from Pitt. Says that he rushed the process a little bit and reopened his commitment. He's a 6'4 small, uh, shooting guard, plays for Mount Vernon Academy in Florida, and is top 25 in his class. Um, what are your thoughts on this, and where do you think he will go? Yeah, I mean, this is just a huge blow for Pittsburgh and Pitt. Uh, he, was a, he was a local kid 
going to pit, and we thought that they were going to be a decent team in the future. But, uh, yeah, this definitely hurts. I mean, he was probably going to be one of the best prospects they've seen in a long time. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if I were him, I mean, I know a lot of Blue Bloods have already reached out to him uh, after his decommitment. So, I mean, if I were him, I'd, I'd take the offer and go to a Blue Blood school. I mean, I think Kansas has reached out to him already and a lot of other good high major schools. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Blue Blood here or a very good and competitive uh, high major school. Yeah, no offense to Pitt, but I believe that when you uh, commit to Pitt two years before you're expected to come, I feel like that is that is kind of rushing the process. Um, I, don't, I don't normally see anyone this early commit to Pitt. If anything, you will commit to like a Blue Blood or Michigan State or some school like that and never Pitt. So I think he definitely made the right decision reopening his recruitment as and like you said he's, he's heard from multiple blue bloods i think he, he he takes that opportunity and goes there yeah i mean i, I bet you pit's still a definite possibility but i yeah like you said i just think this is very rushed i mean sherry wants to stay local it seems like what he thought initially but maybe he just thought otherwise i mean i wouldn't be surprised if pit's still on his list when it's all said and done uh, but yeah, I mean, once you decommit, I mean, there's chances are you're not going to recommit. I mean, we have seen in the past with, uh, Sir Patrick tape, the recommit, decommit, uh, whatever. Yeah. You know, the phrase, uh, and yeah, I mean, I could definitely see this as well, uh, for a hometown guy at Pitt with, uh, Hood Chifino, but I mean, we're gonna have to wait and see what happens in a couple months. All right. And final piece of breaking news is, uh, 2021 prospect uh, Warren Lynn Kidd uh, is reclassified to the class of 2020, and he will be committing to Clemson. Uh, he's in, he's plays at IMG, which is in Florida, and he obviously originally in the class of 2021. Uh, I, I believe the main uh, reason why he committed to Clemson was that Amir Sims is returning to Clemson. Uh, he's, he's, he made a statement about it saying he wanted to practice and learn from Sims, and just playing with him would be a good opportunity. And obviously with Sims, he's returning back to Clemson, initially declared for the draft, but he's coming back to Clemson. So this is just – I think this is why uh, Lauren Link Kid decided to go to Clemson in the first place. But uh, with that being said, uh, how big of a get is, is this for Clemson for the future? Yeah, this is a pretty good get for the future. Um, this year, they're probably, they're, this is probably going to be a good year for them. They they look like they're one of the last teams in in the in the tournament right now, if you ask me coming into the season. Um, but I think they're a top half team in the ACC this year. And as for the future, uh, I don't know yet. They, they, they're graduating some guys this year, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, I definitely think they're on a cusp of making that tournament this year. I mean, this is going to be one of the best years they've had in a long time. And they got all their guys coming back. They got prospects coming in. They got transfers coming in. They got pretty much everything going for them right now. And, uh, ACC is going to be very competitive. Uh, a couple of teams have made a lot of good moves uh, for now and in the future. So I just think it's going to be a lot more competitive than we initially thought. Uh, I know teams, I mean, we'll get, we'll get to them later, but some teams have made some uh, interesting gets and a lot of guys have been granted waivers and stuff like that. So yeah, I think ACC is going to be very competitive in the middle of the pack. And a lot of those teams are going to be fighting with one another for a tournament spot. I think Clemson is definitely one of these teams. And will they get a spot? I mean, we're going to have to wait and see what ha happens in March. Mm -hmm. um, next, we got some, some NBA draft news. There's lots of prospects still um, continuing to make their decisions. The deadline's 
what, four days away, 39 prospects left um, currently. Um, August 3rd is not the final day to decide. That's the date you have to do when you return to school. You can still re-enter your name by August 17th. Um, for example, you have to say you're going to school like by August 3rd, but you can always re-enter your name. Pretty, pretty weird rule if you ask me. What do you think? Yeah, I, I don't really understand the purpose of this rule. I mean, if, if you're going to re-enter your name in the draft, then what's the point of saying you're going back to school when you're probably not going to? I just think it's kind of a wormhole in itself, and it's easy to get around. So uh, when it's all said and done, I think, I think it's just granting them two extra weeks. I mean, that's, that's pretty much all I can say about it. But, yeah, I don't think it's pretty useful at all, but it is what it is, I guess. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's get to the returners. I, feel, I believe there's all returners so far. Um, first, Matt Lewis of James Madison. He'll be returning for a senior season. 19 points, five and a half rebounds, three and a half assists this past season. He's definitely the Duke's top option and a potential all-conference player. James Madison finished last in the Colonial Conference last year. Would it make some positive strides and improve this season? I mean, you'd hope so, considering their best players coming back. But uh, I definitely think they will. I mean, we've seen a lot of teams in the Colonial uh, have a little bit of a decline. I mean, we've seen Delaware and seen a lot of other teams lose out in a lot of their guys, and some guys graduated. And uh, I don't think this conference will be as competitive as it was this past season. So I definitely think James Madison can, can make some strides and maybe finish middle of the pack. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously last season wasn't the greatest for them. They finished with two wins on the entire season. And uh, I just think they can do a lot better than that. So, yeah, I mean, with their hopefully all-conference player returning, uh, I think they can definitely do some good things and maybe finish in the middle of the pack. Yeah, I think they'll finish towards the middle of the pack. Um, new coach this year. He's coming in from Georgia Southern, who he, he was a pretty good coach. Led them to a, a lot of 21 seasons. Um, James Madison, they have a complete roster turnaround outside of Lewis. They brought in, what, five five transfers who are all eligible this year. And so I expect them to compete. They, they could surprise a lot of people this year. Yeah, and uh, three, three, like you said, three guys uh, who are transfers have been granted waivers for James Madison. Uh, we, we're going to talk about waivers later, but th- we didn't mention those three guys because they're not as huge as some of the other guys. But, uh, yeah, this is just good news for James Madison. And like you said, complete roster turnaround, but I think they're going to finish in the middle of the pack uh, based on what everything else happened in the Colonial. All right, uh, next returner we have is a it's a pretty big one, if you ask me. And uh, this is going to be A.J. Green out of Northern Iowa. Uh, he's going to be returning for his junior season. Uh, averaged 20 points a game, three rebounds a game, three assists per game this past season. Uh, he's definitely going to try and repeat as a Missouri Valley Conference Player of the Year. I mean, we, we thought he was gone. I thought he was gone, if you ask me. I, I did not think he was going to come back to Northern Iowa. I thought he was going to go to the draft because he's just, he's just a very talented player. But uh, – no worries, no more for Northern Iowa. Uh, they should have a uh, smooth sail to the uh, tournament, hopefully. And with that being said, do you think they will still obviously make the tournament? Yeah, um, Missouri Valley, I believe that they're good enough to be a two-bid conference. Northern Iowa, Loyola, Chicago are, are, are the only two that are, I think, actually contending for the conference. I believe they're both talented enough to both make the tournament. And I won't be surprised that they're, they're both in the tournament. But other outside of those two, um, I, I, I don't really think that there's any other teams that will compete with them. Maybe Bradley, because Bradley's shocked me the past two years by winning the conference tournament. But I think those two are, are, the, are the leaders. 
Yeah, I mean, you can't forget about Valpo either. I mean, we talked about him earlier. I think I think they definitely have a chance to be a dark horse in that conference and maybe maybe make their way into the tournament. I know, I know, I know those two teams are still the top two teams, but don't sleep on the dark horse in Valpo. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's what, that's that's all I'm saying. I mean, I I just think they. I mean, they were one game away, and we talked about it earlier, and. Obviously, they're not going to shock Northern Iowa. I think they, ha- I think they're the defined front runners, and they're going to make the tournament probably if everyone stays healthy and stuff like that. But uh, they, they could upset Loyola Chicago because that team's going to be a bit different than it was this past season. And I just think that Valpo doesn't really lose that many people. So hey, you never know. Got to wait and see what happens in March. Mm-hmm. Um, Valpo does lose their best player, transferred to DePaul. Other than that, they look they look pretty solid. But otherwise, nonetheless, next next prospect, another big name, Macy Oteague for, of Baylor. He'll be returning for his senior season. 14 points, four and a half rebounds, two assists this past season. Um, this is one guy Baylor returns. Um, they're still waiting on Jared Butler's decision. If Butler returns, will Baylor be a top team in college basketball? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I personally already have them as the top team, I believe. and. Uh, if Butler comes back, they're definitely going to be the top team for my top 25 rankings. Uh, I mean, it's in five episodes. We'll definitely uh, – yeah, we will definitely find out what Jerry Butler does uh, when we make our top 25. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we're going to have to wait and see what happens with him because if he decides to come back, uh, that's just huge. But if he doesn't, then that might shake up a lot of things uh, when looking at who might be the top team in college basketball. I'm not going to get into detail about it, but that's all I got to really say about what happens with Baylor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I, th- I think I said it in my last top 25. I think one of them returning there is already making them a top team in college basketball. Even if Butler remains in the draft, I feel like they're, they're a top three team in college basketball, especially with Philip Petrusic leaving Gonzaga. Yeah, and that just really helps Baylor out a lot. I mean – if with Petrusive staying, I don't know if Baylor would be a one or two. I think they might drop a couple spots. But, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say much more because we, we got to come in five episodes. So, uh, yeah. All right. Uh, next returner we have is Manny Camper out of Siena. Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty cool name if you ask me, uh, Manny Camper. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to be returning for his senior season. Average 14 points a game, 10 and a half rebounds. Two and a half assists per game this past season. Uh, keep in mind, he is a six-seven guard. Uh, yeah, you heard that right, six-seven guard, and uh, that's just pretty scary. And uh, he definitely has a lot of good stock, and obviously, huge news for Sienna uh, for him returning back to school. Uh, definitely going to be the top team in the MAAC again. Uh, and with that being said, do you think there's any teams going to stop this Sienna team in the MAAC? Uh, no, I said a couple episodes ago that they're 1,000% the top team in the MAAC. Um, most of the conferences, um, not really sure who the front runner is, but I do know is seeing as the front runner for the MAAC. Yeah, I mean, they just this this just helps them out even more. I mean, we thought they were going to be the top team regardless, and then it just makes it even it makes it an even bigger margin. I mean. I believe St. Peter's was the team that was right behind them. And, yeah, I just think Sienna is going to blow that team out of the water. Just looking at 
standings wise and who's coming back and who's not. So, uh, yeah, I'd be surprised if this team didn't win their conference, but I mean, it's, it's college basketball. You, you can never assume anything or expect anything uh, less than exciting. Yeah. And even with, with a coach like Rick Pitino joining the conference, I still think they will, they will blow Iona out. Yeah. I mean, Iona's going to be all over the place. They got eight new prospects coming in. That's a whole new rotation coming in. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't think they're going to do anything to the Sienna team. And do you, do you think Sienna could sneak into a top 25 at one point during next season? Um, probably not, but, I mean, you never know. I think this team's a top 10 mid-major in college basketball next year. Uh, I think they're towards the bottom half of that top 10, but, I mean, you never know. You, you got your love for the mid-majors, so – I wouldn't be surprised if they, I saw them maybe once in like the twenties, but if they're going up, to, if they're going up past twenty, I don't think they're going to be there. But you never know. Yeah, I think it all depends if they're if they're undefeated or not. Just like if you're undefeated, if if the mid majors undefeated, then they're, they're most likely going to be in their twenties. You saw with Furman, I, I believe, two or three years ago when they beat Nova, they were undefeated. They had a win against Nova, and people put them in the top twenty-five, and they were, they were at twenty-four, and yeah, and team you see like, yeah. like like Stephen F. Austin who beat Duke but but lose lose to like I don't even a no name team and they're not even a top twenty five team. Yeah, no, I when, when you said that I definitely thought of Fairman a couple of years ago. Obviously, that defeat against Villanova was huge, and then they remained undefeated. And yeah, they were a ranked team, and I I definitely see. Uh, I don't think I don't know if Siena plays anyone that high caliber, uh, such as Villanova or something like that. But I mean, I have to relook at their schedule again. But uh, if they do and they do defeat a very good team, I could definitely see them in the top twenty-five at some point. But uh, they'd have to maintain that undefeated streak if they wanted to even see a chance at the top twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Um, last last prospect, last returner, Dexter Dennis of Wichita State. He'll be returning for his junior season. Nine points, five rebounds this past season. Uh, with the departure of six guys, he will definitely see a lot more playing time. Um, he, he was a starter this past season, though. Um, would a chemistry on his team gel out? I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're going to have a, a really uh, interesting lineups uh, with this Greg Marshall team. I mean, they got they got new guys coming in all over the place, and just having Dexter Dennis coming back is just huge for them, I guess. Uh, he's going he's gonna to be a leader on this team. I mean, he already has been, and he's just going to emerge into one of the top leaders and top players on this team, hopefully. And uh, if he can maintain this team and keep them intact, I think this team will do some good things. But how, how good they can do in the American, uh, it's, still, it's still very hard to predict, and I'm not even – gonna make a guess on them, but just know that they're gonna compete for a term spot in the American and yeah I mean you can figure out the rest from there mm-hmm. um, he's I think he's definitely gonna be their best player um he could be an all-conference player if, if Greg Marshall decides to play him 30 to 35 minutes a night but you know Greg Marshall is Greg Marshall um as for like you said Wichita State they, they could be anywhere from 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 first to last um, like I said, that, that unfortunately, there's got to be a last-place team in the American when we do our conference previews. Yeah. Um, you mean second to last, right? Second through last, not first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, okay, okay. I, I just had to make sure because no, th- this team's not coming in first in the American. I don't. I definitely don't think that's happening. But I mean, hey, no, you never know. They could they could shock they could shock a lot of teams and cause a lot of fans. But I don't. I, no, I just don't think it's gonna happen in the American. <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, sorry about that. But Greg Marshall is a is a, is a, is a proven coach. He, he's made it to the Final Four. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I think they definitely compete for a tournament spot. But being that top team in the American, that's a very tough uh, task to do, especially how good it's going to be this upcoming season. And I know I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. That's going to be one of the uh, most entertaining conferences to watch this upcoming season. Uh, they just got a lot of decent teams, and they got a lot of really good teams. And there's no clear defined front runner or uh, person or team trailing. I mean, everyone's competing for a spot, and it's just going to be very exciting to watch. Mm-hmm, definitely. All right, uh, next topic we have is waivers. Uh, a lot of guys have been getting waivers uh, for the NCAA, and uh, most of these guys haven't really played much. Some have played a decent amount of games, but uh, all these guys going to uh, pretty uh, high major or mid-major schools. So uh, without further ado, let's get right into it. Uh, we got a double, double take right here for Georgia Tech. First one we got is Rodney Howard, uh, transferred from Georgia. Uh, he averaged one and a half points a game and one and a half rebounds per game this past season. Only played in seven minutes per game. Uh, he's moving to the rival school, going from Georgia to Georgia Tech. Uh, very interesting to do and very scary to do if you are living in Georgia. Regardless, he is going to be granted four more years. And uh, the second tra- uh, second waiver that uh, has been received for Georgia Tech is going to be Kyle uh, Sturdivant. Uh, he's a transfer from USC. Uh, he's going to be heading back home uh, in Georgia, obviously. But uh, average two points a game, one rebound a game, one assist per game this past season. He played in eight and a half minutes per game at USC. He will also be granted four more years at Georgia Tech. Uh, with that, with all that being said, uh, do you think Georgia Tech is finally figuring things out? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, they were fifth in the in the ACC last year, and that was with a postseason ban and. Th- the way that they they were that good and nobody nobody left everyone stayed um, and they finished fifth that that's pretty impressive um, I believe that they're going to be around that range again I, I think they're, they're they they tournament team probably like a seven to ten seed somewhere around there but I think I think they're, they're, this is their year to make the tournament yeah uh, I definitely agree with you here uh, this team's going to be very hungry to make it to the tournament obviously they didn't have the uh, luxury to even be in the tournament. They, they could have made it last year, but they didn't have the luxury to actually be in it because they couldn't. And uh, that being said, I just think the team can be very hungry. Uh, very good coach at Georgia Tech. Uh, we did put him on the hot seat, I believe, a couple – I don't know how long ago that was, but I remember we had him on a hot seat. Not too hot, but it was, it was getting warm. But uh, regardless, I think this team's uh, definitely in the clear to be uh, – in the tournament again, I mean, they're, they're going to be hungry, and they're just rounding out their rotation a lot more with these two uh, tra- uh, transfers coming in and being eligible. So uh, wouldn't expect this team to be lower than five, like you said. And I just have a lot of good expectations for this team coming into the next season. Mm-hmm. Um, next, we have Luke Anderson of South Florida. He was a transfer from uh, Iowa State, did not play a single game for them last year, uh, decided to go back closer to home. This was this is obviously expected because technically he he did redshirt last season. Um, what do you think South Florida will be in the in the mighty American? 
Yeah, I mean, they've gotten a lot of guys coming back. I know some of their top guys have uh, declared, uh, returned to their team after declaring for the draft. And they also got a couple decent prospects coming in and a couple decent transfers coming in as well. Um, I'm not going to rank them because I don't know where to put them. Just know that they're a middle-of-the-pack team competing for a tournament spot, just like pretty much every team in the American is. But uh, I expect a lot of good things for South Florida next year. And if they're all healthy, this team's going to be very good. And I think they can definitely be a top-five team in the American. But I'm not going to rank them as of right now. But I just think if everyone's healthy, they definitely have the potential to be a top-five team in the American. Yeah, um, like you said, they're finally healthy. Um, last year didn't go so well because they weren't healthy, but this year they have the whole roster healthy. They're ready to go. Um, I think they could be. They could be. I don't know. Top, I think they're definitely a top five team. I was gonna say top three, but I think that might be a stretch. I yeah, I think that's a stretch as well. But I I definitely see them as a top five team, which is still very good, and they definitely have a potential to make and uh, clinch a tournament berth. But uh, we're gonna have to wait till March. I mean, I've, I've, this is the third time saying it today. Uh, this, this, this is going to be a very interesting conference. I'm very excited, like I said. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm just really excited for this conference. I, I've been enjoying this conference for the past couple of years, but this year is going to be at an all-time high. I'm just really hoping that they have a season. And even if they do just have conference play, I mean, this is, this is going to be the conference to watch. I, I mean, it's, it's got to be. But, uh, yeah, this is just good for South Florida, getting another guy to be eligible for that team. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, next up we have Alande Legrand out of North Florida. Or North Florida. Uh, he was a transfer from Detroit. Uh, averaged one and a half points a game, two and a half rebounds a game, one and a half assists assist per game. He played in 17 minutes per game this past season. I believe he played in all the games for Detroit this past season, but uh, regardless, he somehow got a waiver. Uh, he does have three years remaining, though. Uh, do you think North Florida will continue to compete uh, against that top seed of Liberty? Yeah, um, that, that conference seems kind of interesting. Um, next season, Liberty's graduating probably the, the top two or three guys. And so I think, I think that conference could be wide open a little bit. So I think, it's, I think North Florida could, could jump over and leapfrog them. Yeah, I mean, that'd be pretty cool to see. I mean, Liberty's been that dominant team in their conference for the past 10 or so years. Not Maybe not 10, but for the past five years, that team's that team's been the top team. And sometimes it's been close, but sometimes they just blow all the teams out of the water. But uh, this, this year, it's going to be a lot different, like you said. I definitely think North Florida has the potential to leapfrog Liberty. And although Liberty's a very good team, uh, I kind of want to see them uh, not make the tournament for once. I'd like to see a different team from the conference make the tournament. I think North Florida has that potential. And they got a couple transfers coming in, got a couple guys coming in. So I think they definitely have the potential to do so. But will they execute? Uh, We don't know. And that might be a tough task to do, but I think they definitely have a chance to try and deep throw this Liberty team. Mm -hmm. Um, Last last waiver, Ian Steer, uh, UNC Wilmington, transfers from St. John's. Um, His career hasn't gone gone to plan uh, originally from NC State, played there one game, transfers to St. John's, only played six games there. Um, now he's at UNC Wilmington. He will, he's, a, he's at a lower mid-major now. Um, do you think he will, they will find a good role for Steer? Yeah, I mean, this is just good for him going to a lower mid-major school. 
I mean, obviously things didn't really work out at St. John's. I mean, definitely overshadowed by a lot of good guys on that team. So I didn't really get a chance to play that much. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, this is just the case for a lot of these guys who are – they're good enough to be on a high higher mid-major team, but they just really don't – they don't really – they don't really produce the stats that they want and the, just the potential in stock that they want to have. So they go down to a lower mid-major school, and this is definitely a similar case. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to do good things here at UNC Wilmington. Looking to be a pretty decent team next year. And uh, Steer, he's going to play a lot, I think. So uh, he's got to be ready, and I think he's definitely going to be, considering he played at St. John's for the past two seasons, and he hasn't really done much. So he's going to have a ton of uh, anger and potential, and he's going to do a lot of good things there at UNC Wilmington. Yeah, I feel like – Moving from a from a high major to a low major is always a good decision if, if nothing pans out right. Um, there's always going to be a, a low major or a mid major team that's always going to give you an offer, give you a chance, and I think Steer's going to make the most out of that chance. Yeah, I mean you got to hope so. I mean he only played in four games his freshman year. He only played in six games this year. So I mean he he's, he wants to play more games. I mean any college basketball player wants to play as many games as they can and as many minutes as they can at all times. But uh, obviously he hasn't really done that for him so far in his career, but definitely with the new team he's going to look to do so, and I think uh, hope for the best, and I hope he's able to do so with this time at UNC Wilmington. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, last topic we have today is transfers. Uh, transfer portal, it's really died down. I mean, we said it the past episode, but there's only two notable transfers to talk about today. And the first one we have is Adam Kunknell out of Belmont. Uh, he's committed to Xavier. He's going back home. Uh, as men called it the last episode, uh, I thought he was going to go back home. I did not think Xavier was the school. But uh, regardless, a 16.5 points a game, three rebounds a game, two and a half uh, assists per game this past season. He was an all-conference player. Uh, he's already said that he will sit out one uh, before his final two years at Xavier. Uh, just, this is just good news for Xavier. I mean, they haven't really had that many guys coming in uh, for the past – after Marshall left. So, uh, what will he bring to Xavier in two years from now? Yeah, um, I think he will bring his, his scoring ability and shooting ability to Xavier. They were one of the worst shooting teams in all of college basketball last year, only 32% as a team from three. Um, so, that that was something that Coach Travesty was looking to, to improve on, and he's definitely going to – improve on it this year and two years from now. Yeah, I mean, Xavier hasn't really done much in the past couple of seasons. I mean, you look at what they were five seasons ago or even three seasons ago, they were always going to be a tournament team. And they were, I believe they were a one or two seed. Am I wrong? Or were they a one or two seed? Of like I, think, a I, think they were, I think they were a one or two yeah. seed. I think that year they lost to Florida State. I, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and they haven't done much since then. I mean, I, I they made the tournament maybe once or twice after that, but uh, I don't know how long ago that actually was. But I just remember that they were a one or two seed at one point, and they haven't really done much since then. So, sure, this is just a little step, but if they can get some prospects to come in, which they haven't really been able to do so these past couple of years, uh, they could maybe be back in the tournament. Uh, I know it's going to be a tough stretch to do, uh, but the Big East is – pretty much open, but uh, if they're able to get some transfers and even some prospects coming in, who knows, maybe this team's back and competing for a tournament spot, but as of right now, I just don't think Kuknell's going to be enough for them to actually make the tournament in two years, but you're going to have to wait and see what happens with their prospects 
and transfers if they decide to go to Xavier. Mm-hmm. And I believe that year was 2018 was that year. So it was only two years ago. They were, they were a one seed, and they lost to a nine seed Florida State in the, in the round of 32. Yeah, I mean, that does not feel like two years ago. But, yeah, I mean, this past year, they weren't going to make the tournament. They were middle to lower pack in the Big East. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that does not feel like two seasons ago. I remember <laughs> I it vividly, I, I but I do not remember that. Yeah. I do not remember that. I don't even remember who was on their team, If honestly. I really don't remember. Let's look at the roster right now. Yeah. Um, Enos Cantor's brother. Oh, really? Yeah. Was Blewett on that team? Travion Blewett? No. Blewett? Travion oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, he was on that team. He was on that team. Sorry. Yeah, he was, he, yeah, I remember him. He was, he was their best player, I'm pretty sure. But, uh, yeah. I, that's all I really remember from that team. Yeah, but two years ago, that 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 does not sound like two years ago, like you said. Man, time time flies, and college basketball is a lot of fun. And you th- you think things are earlier or later than they seem, and they just aren't. I mean, I think I don't remember Xavier being the one seed, but I remember I remember what's his name. Uh, oh, I don't remember his name. Uh, the guy that hit the uh, buzzer beater for Villanova. I oh, feel like Chris, that was – Chris Jenkins. Chris Jenkins, yeah. I feel like that was a lot earlier, like, or later, like, to our timeline than that Xavier being the one seed was. I just think that that came after that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, college basketball is just crazy, and time, time I guess, flies, just mm-hmm. looking at all this history and historic stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, last, last topic of the day – Javion Davis of Alabama, he's committed to Mississippi State. Of course, I also call this. Um, he goes back, back close to the home, goes back to his home state. Six points, four rebounds, in 31 games started, 14 last year. Um, he could get a waiver because he's going back home, of course. And it's just a good get for Mississippi State. Yeah, I mean, anything at this point is a good get for Mississippi State. I mean, they just lost out on Woodyard and a couple other guys. But, uh, they, I mean, yeah, this is just a good get for them. I mean, hopefully he does get a waiver because he just wants to play as of right now. But I think, he, I, think, I think he definitely will be able to, considering he's going back closer to home. I mean, a lot of people have had that excuse. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Mississippi State, I don't think they'll do the best of teams just looking at the whole SEC next year. But, uh I mean, if he's able to, I don't know, maybe bring some other guys in for the future or even just next year, who knows? But is that very likely? Probably not. But regardless, this team can have some struggles, but this is just a good get for them, just getting someone to be one of their top options on this team. Yeah, Mississippi State, like you said, they lose Rudyard. They use they lose Reggie Perry to the NBA draft. And Mississippi State last year, it didn't seem like they were going to be a tournament team, but they were actually going to be a tournament team. And so kind of sad that for them, it got canceled this year. Sad for everyone. And next year, I think they're going to struggle without their two two NBA guys. Yeah. And similar situation to the American, uh, the bottom half of the SEC is pretty much a fist fight. I mean, anyone can, anyone can make it out. Uh, but we the top three or so teams are already defined. You got Kentucky, you got Tennessee, and then – I, I don't I don't know who that would be. I'm thinking either Alabama or Arkansas, but I don't know. You can make a case for a lot of different teams, I guess. 
But yeah, after that, it's kind of a fist fight to see who could maybe make a tournament berth or who could get that tournament berth. Because I, th- I think SEC, I mean, it has been in the past. I think it could definitely be a three-bit conference. I mean, it's not, that's not too far out of the realm of possibility. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think Mississippi State could be one of those teams, but it's pretty unlikely. But just getting a guy on the roster who can be a very good scorer for them is just, just huge, I guess, in that sense. But uh, yeah, it's pretty yeah, um, that's all I have to say about. And I think I think next year's college basketball season. What did you say? I think I think next year's college basketball season might be more competitive than, than this year's college basketball season, and this year's probably been the most competitive it's ever been. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Just looking at the Big Ten this past season, just looking at that, and that's pretty much hopefully what you're going to see next year for a lot of different conferences. And I think you definitely will be able to see that because there's no – sure, there's no clear, defined front runner, but there's a lot of very, very good teams in college basketball. And we, we can't even make our decision for who the top team in college basketball is right now. I mean, we have an idea, but we really don't know who that team is at the moment. And there's just a lot of very good, well-rounded teams in college basketball. And that's why I think it's going to be a very competitive year uh, if, there's a, if there's a season, which there hopefully should be. but. Yeah, I mean, there's no clear to find front runner. I mean, you said Creighton was going to be your front runner, and yeah, I mean, they still could be, but there's a lot of other very good competitive teams competing with Creighton. So uh, you never know. That's just the beauty of college basketball, honestly. Yeah, and for right now, that is all for today. Um, thank you guys for watching. Uh, we expect 39 more NBA draft decisions within the next four days. So we'll probably cover all that. Soon, yeah. Right. I mean, it's the only thing you can really do. It's that and uh, high school news because there's not that there's not gonna be that many more waivers, not gonna be that many more transfers, and then you got a coach's extension here and there sometimes. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty much the only news we're gonna have for the next two or so episodes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all we got for today. Yeah, um, thank you guys for watching. Stay safe, and it's always March. It's always March, baby. Thank you guys.